Good morning. I'd like to welcome all of our guests, visitors, and those listening on radio. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning at First Church. Before we start our service, I have several announcements. First of all, I'd like to thank Becky Quellhorst for joining us today as our guest organist. Uh, the floral arrangement on the altar this morning is given by the family of Beverly Reinecke, who will be celebrating her 80th birthday today. So happy birthday, Bev. The white rose on the altar this morning is in honor of Mac Sherrill. Mac is the son of Chad and Kara Sherrill. Later on in our service, he'll be celebrating the sacrament of holy baptism. He is the grandson of Mike and Sandy Sherrill and John and Deb Cat Henry. There is one other announcement I was told about today on inside of your back page or your bulletin under the title of Community. The Business Impact Network, which will be meeting in New Bremen, on 17 West in New Bremen from 12 to 1. They failed to put in a date. It is Thursday, February 20th at 17 West in New Bremen from 12 to 1 p.m. There are numerous other announcements in your bulletin. I'd encourage you to take the time to look them over. And now as we start our service this morning, those who are able, will you please rise and join me in our call to worship. morning is taken from Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are honored by all who like them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful to us. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, in faithfulness and righteousness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal grace. Please arrange Danny for opening hymn number 31. Great is the Lord.
time, I want to invite, I would like to invite forward Chad and Kara Cheryl and their son, Mac. Good morning. Today we get to celebrate uh, the, the joy of, of baptizing Mac this morning. Uh, we're so happy to be able to do that. Uh, when we baptize, we, we are celebrating what the Lord has done for us. Baptism is a symbol of uh, God's salvation for us through Christ, what Christ has done for us in order to save us. Not because we deserved it, not because of anything we've done, but because of who God is and what he has done for us in Christ. Just as the waters of baptism, uh, just as, excuse me, as, as water washes away dirt from our body, we recognize that, that the water of baptism symbolizes Christ washing away our sins uh, by his blood shed for us on the cross. And so I invite you now to hear these words of Jesus, an invitation and promise offered to us all. In Matthew 28, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's in obedience to this command the church baptizes believers and their children. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter, delivering the first sermon, uh, said this. He told the crowd that was gathered there, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Chad and Kara, do you, having heard God's gracious promises to us in Christ, do you desire that Mac be baptized this morning? We do. Praise God. Obviously, Mac is a little too young to make any sort of confession or profession of faith uh, for himself. So instead, I invite you as his parents to answer the following questions about your faith, which you are promising this day to pass on to Mac as he grows in the Lord. Do you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? Do you intend to be Christ's faithful disciples, trusting his promise, obeying his word, honoring, the, honoring his church, and showing his love as long as you live? We do. And will you devote yourself to the church's teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers? Praise God. Praise God. And now as a, as a way for us all to make a statement about our shared faith together, I invite everyone here to recite the Apostles' Creed with us. The words should be printed in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, O God, for the gift of life. We thank you for this family and for this child being baptized today. You, Lord, are the author of life and the giver of every good and perfect gift. Through the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you've made it possible for us to be accepted into your family. I pray 
that you would bless and sustain this child. Draw him to yourself, just as Jesus welcomed the children during his ministry. May he grow to love you with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, and all of his strength. And we also pray for his parents that you would equip them to fulfill the promise they make today. Bless and sustain them as they teach their children to know and love you. All this we pray in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So as we get now to the vow, uh, I'd like to compare the, this commitment that you as, as Max's parents are about to make to uh, wedding vows. Uh, about the, the promise here, the, the, what we're celebrating this day is this commitment that you are making as his parents to raise him in the Lord. And so I invite you to respond, uh, respond to these following questions. Do you promise to instruct Mac by word and example with the help of the Christian community and the truth of God's word and the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for him and teach him to pray? And do you promise to nurture him within the body of believers as citizens of Christ's kingdom? Praise God. In church family, we have a responsibility to this family as well. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and as we uh, witness this baptism this morning, as we witness the commitment these parents are making to raise Mac and the Lord, we have a responsibility to come alongside and help them as well. That can include practical things like support, um, babysitting. I don't know. There's, there's lots of things that we can do practically to help and encourage you as a, as a family. But it also includes more intangible things like being willing to pray for them, giving them words of encouragement on hard days, sending, leaving a note for them to encourage them in what they're doing. Uh, we have a responsibility to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that is true especially for uh, this family as, as they make a commitment to raise Mac and the Lord together. And so I, I, I charge you as, a, as the body of Christ to encourage them and help them as well. Uh, and, and I encourage you to repeat these words uh, in just a moment that are printed in your bulletin. Brothers and sisters, as we receive Mac into Christ's church, I charge you to nurture and love him and to assist them to be Christ's faithful disciples. With joy and thanksgiving, we now welcome you into Christ's church. For you are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you and help you know and follow Christ. Now here's the exciting part. We'll see how this goes. Hey, buddy. How are you today? Mac, Michael, Cheryl, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the free gift of salvation that is made available through his death and resurrection. Thank you for the symbol of baptism, which reminds us that you wash away all our sins and give us new life as we put our trust in you. We pray for Mac. Bless and strengthen him daily with the gift of your Holy Spirit. Unfold to him the riches of your love. Deepen his faith and keep him from the power of evil. Enable him to live a holy and blameless life until your kingdom comes. May he grow to know, love, and serve you with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, and all of his strength. And look with kindness on Chad and Kara as well. Let them always rejoice in the gift you've given them. Grant them the presence of your Holy Spirit that they may bring up Mac to know you, love you, and serve you and his neighbor. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, congratulations. We have a little gift for you from the church. 
um, a Bible to take home as well as the white rose here on the altar uh, for you guys to take home to remember this day. As they go ahead and find their seats, I invite you to take a moment, uh, greet your neighbor as the children also come forward for children's chat. Luke, come on up. Oh, good. Got a couple more coming. Excellent. The Jones boys. How are you guys today? Good. Good? You good today? All right. So, what did I bring today? Yeah. A present. Yeah. When do we usually give presents? At Christmas? When else would you get a present? Your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And why why do you get presents? Because the people love you and they want to celebrate with you? Yeah. Now, my box is empty. I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell you differently, but let's pretend that this box had something very special in, okay? And I picked it out, and yesterday was Valentine's Day, so we'll pretend this was for Brian, okay? And so I picked something very special out and put it in here for him because he is special to me, and that's why we give gifts, right? Yeah. Now, when you were born... Do you all remember that cute little boy that just got baptized, Mac? Do you know he is a gift? He is a gift to his family and to us. And when God wraps up that special gift, he puts something special inside of each one of us. Sometimes we call them talents. Things that we grow up and we're pretty good at. Maybe those talents are singing. Or maybe those talents are playing the organ. What other talents do you think people have? Dancing. Dancing. Drawing. Drawing. Painting. Painting. Do you have it? What? Building. Building things, sure. Yeah, we have all kinds of talents. We have all kinds of talents. And who gave us those talents? God gave us those talents, and he wrapped them up, and he put them inside a pretty special gift, too. Those gifts are each one of us. And God gave each one of us special talents, and he wants us to use those special talents. Okay? And our talents are all different. Some people are good at sports, and God wants them to use those talents to glorify him. Some people are good at taking care of others. And maybe they're doctors and nurses. And God wants them to help take care of people. Okay? Some people are good at taking care of animals. And so that's their special talent. So God gave each one of us a special talent. Do you know what your talent is yet? Yeah. What's your talent? I like to dance. You like to dance. Luke, what's your talent? Building. Building things. You are good at building things. Cooper, what are you good at? Basketball? Baseball? Picking on your siblings? No. No, you're not good at that? Okay. Just thought I would check. Do you have a special talent yet, Caroline? Do you like to dance? Yeah, you and JoJo could get together for a dance party. Yeah. 
We all have special talents. And you know what? Today, Pastor Joel is going to preach on using our talents. Using our talents to glorify God. So that's what I want us to think about today. I want us to think about what are we good for? What are we good at? Okay? And we didn't get those gifts just because. We got them because God gave them to us. And we need to make sure we use them to glorify God. Okay? To make God, to let everybody know that Jesus lives in our heart. All right? So let's say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for today and for these children. Thank you for the gifts and the talents that you have bestowed upon each one of us. Help us to remember that these gifts do come from you and that we want to use them to glorify you. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great week, guys. Killed in our service, Sergeant First Class Javier Jaguar Gutierrez, 28, from San Antonio, Texas. Sergeant First Class Antonio Rey Rodriguez, 28, from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Lost in our service, Specialist Brandon Time Kimball, 21, from Center Point, Oregon. Those were all in Afghanistan. In Djibouti, Private First Class Walter Lewark, 26, from Mountaineer, New Mexico. In Alaska, Specialist Cameron A. Logwood, 21, from Urbana, Ohio. In Maryland, Midshipman Third Class Duke Carrillo, 21, from Flower Mound, Texas. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much that you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ, and that we have uh, access to him through a relationship with you, Lord. Uh, we thank you that in Christ we have been forgiven, we've been saved, and we've experienced your love poured out on us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask now at the, on this day that, that you'd help us to know and experience that for ourselves. Even as we witness and celebrate the joy of, of new life and baptism, Lord, help us to also experience the joy of new life that is found, new spiritual life that is found in you. Help us to never uh, lose the joy of our salvation, never forget the hope that comes from, uh, from knowing you as our Lord and Savior. Lord God, we, we fully uh, embrace that and rely on it, especially, Lord, when times are difficult. Uh, Lord, we, we trust in you and your will for us. We trust that your spirit never departs from us, even as we face the most difficult moments of our lives. So even as we face challenges, Lord, and hardships, as we face health difficulties and, and, and difficult decisions and, and family issues, Lord, whatever the case may be, whatever burden we carry in with us this morning, we acknowledge that you are with us and that your spirit never departs from us as we put our trust and our hope in you. So, Lord, help us to do that this morning. Help us to not uh, focus so much on, on the, the challenges that are in front of us, but help us to focus on you and how you are working in and through us in the midst of those challenges. 
Lord, you never promised that life will be easy. You never promised that, um, that, that uh, each, you, you, but you do promise that each day your mercies will be new and that each day we can look to you uh, for the strength that we need. And so my prayer this morning is for all of us that hear the sound of my voice gathered here in this room, as well as those listening on the radio, would be able to find strength and hope and a peace that passes all understanding in you, Lord. And we know we can do that because of your faithfulness towards us and, and your amazing grace that you have uh, for your people. And so it's in, the, in that hope and in that uh, trusting in your faithfulness that we can come before you and pray in the name of Christ as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I invite you, if you're able, to stand with us and sing number 202 from your blue hymnals, Amazing Grace.
Amen. You may be seated. This morning's offering is going to support the building maintenance fund. Uh, we, when we met this past fall to uh, plan for the designated offerings this year, we had originally designated this Sunday uh, for the heating system. But as you know, through your generous support and, and through your pledges, we have already covered the amount that we need for the heating system uh, project itself. And we praise God and for his blessings and praise you and thank you for your generosity in that area. And, and uh, we still have, you know, there's still pledges outstanding that will help go to, to pay off that loan as quickly as possible. And we thank you for those gifts as well. But as we talked about from the beginning, we know there's going to be more work that needs to be done to follow up that project. Um, walking around the church, you know, there's still some holes in the walls where plaster needs to be repaired, paint needs to be done. Um, and so there's still work that needs to be, gone, to be done. And so this offering this morning will go to help in those follow-up projects that we know we have coming up here to finish out that, that project that we were able to start last year. So uh, thank you so much for your generosity in that area and, and praise God for his provision. And we, and we look forward to how he's going to continue to provide as we move forward with the final stages of this project. Would you pray with me and ask for God's blessing on this offering? Lord, we thank you so much for your gifts. We thank you, Lord, and, and acknowledge that all good and perfect gifts come from you. And that includes, Lord, our, our finances and, and our time and our talents and our treasures and, and our testimony. And so we ask now that you would bless this offering that we are about to give to you. We ask that you'd use it to, to Lord, uh, help provide for the final stages of this project. And ultimately, Lord, that, that this place that you have provided for us, this this building, Lord, would be a blessing and, and be a place where ministry will be taking place for many years to come. We thank you for that and praise you for that. And in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I encourage you to open up there. If you don't have a Bible, uh, if you don't bring a Bible with you, uh, there may be a pew Bible in the, in the back of the pew in front of you. I encourage you to follow along as we read God's Word together. Once again, that's 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that we have the opportunity to, to gather here this morning, to hear your word read, and to be able to talk about it together. I thank you for the gift of your word, which helps us to know you better and helps us to know your will for us as we learn to live in this world. May, your, uh, may you honor the reading of your word now, and may you open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be, we're in that middle, uh, middle sermon of our series on stewardship. Last week we talked about how we can honor God, uh, with our time and our treasure. Uh, we focused mostly on, on treasure last week and talked about how God desires for us to, to honor Him and be a blessing to others with those resources that God has given us. Most of the time when we talk about stewardship, it's, it's often the financial part that we come to think of. We often, Think about how God desires for us to spend our money, whether, you know, whether that's how we give back to Him, whether that's using it wisely for our own family and providing for them. But stewardship, as I, as I alluded to last week, is so much more than just our treasure. It includes other things like our talent and our testimony as well. Things that are a little less tangible, but, but still gifts and blessings from God that He desires for us to use to honor Him and to be a blessing to those around us. I loved Maria's uh, children's chat here this morning about about gifts being like a real physical gift. There was a television show that that Allie and I used to watch. It went off air some uh, I don't know ten years ago or something. It was called Monk. It was a one of those detective shows. And uh, and I'm gonna just throw out a spoiler warning for a ten year old television show. Um, hopefully I'm not gonna ruin anything for you guys. But the whole premise of the show is it was Monk was this detective. Um, with some severe uh, OCD-like tendencies that helped him become a very, very good detective. He was able to notice things that other people were not able to notice. Before the start of the show, you, we, we learned that his wife was, was, was unfortunately killed and, and murdered, and, and he was never able to solve the case. And that's what helped, you know, uh, uh, kind of led to his downward spiral into that OCD and, and, and really was a struggle and, and a main focus throughout the whole series of the show. And it wasn't until the very end, one of the last episodes, that you learn that, that the Christmas bef- right before she died, she had left him a gift. And, and Monk, Adrian Monk, the detective, never opened it. He had it sitting on his mantle as like the last thing that she had ever done and given to him. And he left it sitting on the mantle and never opened it for years and years and years. 
And eventually he gets to a point where he, he decides to finally open the gift and see what it is. And it's actually a, it's a videotape. It's a recording of her talking about something. But it was within that video, within the, that gift, that he was able to finally solve that case. He was finally able to bring conclusion to the struggle that he had been experiencing for years and years and years. That was kind of the premise to this whole show. And the reason I bring that up, the reason I, it ties in well with what Maria just said, is that that gift was the was the clue to was the evidence that he needed to finally close that case yet he left it sitting on a mantle for years and years and years never touched never opened that gift did him no good until he finally took it down opened it and put it to use and he was finally able to find the answers that he'd been longing for for so many years as we talk about gifts and talents here this morning i want us to think about our those intangible gifts that God blesses, with, blesses us with, our, our abilities, our natural talents, as well as our spiritual gifts, like those real physical gifts. They don't do us any good unless we take them down off the shelf, open them up, and put them to use. God has blessed us in many ways, whether that's our, like I said, our natural ability, just the way that he created you to, to operate, uh, but also through, uh, through things like spiritual gifts that he gives to, to believers um, those are all given so that they were meant to be used, meant to be put into practice. And to be a good steward of those gifts means to, to use them as God intended for us to use them. And that's what I want us to talk about here today. We're looking at, at two short verses, but there's really so much that is being said here. And so I encourage you to follow along because I want to take this just a few words at a time so that we can really dig in and understand what God desires for us in this area of our life. And so I hope you, like I said, have a Bible, whether it's on your phone or physical, to follow along. And we're going to be looking here again at First Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Peter here begins by saying, each of you. Now, I want to stop there because that's an important part here. Each of you. He's writing to the church, right? He's writing to a group of believers and he says, each of you. He didn't say just the pastor. He didn't say just the elders or the deacons or the trustees or the Sunday school teachers or the choir. He said, all of you, each of you has been given a gift. And that's really important for us to remember because when we talk about gifts and talents and about ministry kind of in a broader sense, it applies to all of us. Anyone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, who is a believer, has been born again, has been given a gift. So the question is not whether you have a gift. The question is, which one is it? And how are you going to use that to honor God and bless others? Paul writes pretty extensively about spiritual gifts uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to I want to take a moment and look at that. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Read verse 1 as well as verses 4 through 7. He says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Some translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then he goes on to say in verse 4, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, again, there's that phrase, to each one, this manif- the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So all believers have been given spiritual gifts. We've all, all people, believers or not, are given natural talents and abilities, right? We've all been created in a unique way with certain skill sets. That's part of the common grace that God extends toward all creation. 
But yet God's people are given spiritual gifts to serve God and His church. Sometimes these gifts, they coincide with your natural abilities. But some, and sometimes there is something new that God does in your life. But they're all tools that God provides for the building up, for the edification of His church. So it's been given to each one of us. And then He says, use whatever gift you've received. See, the Spirit is the one who gives them. We don't get to, to choose our gift. God equips us through His Holy Spirit as He sees fit. And they were given to us so that we could use them. Right? Don't let them go to waste. Don't let that presence sit on the mantel place for years and years and years and never be used. Again, as we, we, we looked at the parable of the tenants in Matthew chapter 25, and think again about the story there. They were given, these servants were given different amounts of money, right, to take care of while their master was away on business. And the one that was given ten, the one that was given five, they all put it to use and were able to earn more money. So when the master returned, they were able to show him what they did with the resources that were entrusted to them. But the one that had been given one didn't, didn't do anything with it. He buried it in the ground because he was afraid of what would happen when he, when, when he used it. And of course, the master uh, praises the, the work of the two that put the talents to use, uh, but condemns the one who did nothing with it. Right? The problem that the master had with the servant wasn't that he only had one talent. It wasn't that he was only given one bag of gold. It was that he refused to use it. He refused to do anything with it. That is why that servant was condemned. And each believer then is, is gifted uniquely. Not all of us have the same gifts, but God equips all of us in different ways so that we can serve one another. And it's important for us to, to think that, you know, we, we often think that, you know, maybe I ha- I'm not very talented. Maybe, maybe I don't know what my spiritual gifts are, so I can't serve or I can't do ministry in any sort of way. As one pastor famously said, that's not the case. He said, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Right? He equips those who He calls into a relationship with Him. And so, so that's what we have to keep in mind, that as God calls us to serve, as God calls us to, to honor God and to serve others, it's not about you know, us doing it in our own strength and our own power. It's about relying on God and what He is doing in our lives. And each one of us, that looks different. Each believer is gifted uniquely, and not all of us have the same gifts. Let's look once again at what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12-14. through 14. He says, just as, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Right? One body, many parts. God calls us together as the church, and, and each one of us are different. We've been created differently. We have different experiences and different opportunities to serve, and of course, different gifts that have been given to us by the Spirit. But yet, He calls us to one. He calls us to be the church, the body of Christ. And that means that we need to be dependent on, we're, we're called to be dependent on one another. <coughs> Excuse me. Certainly, I don't have all the gifts, right? I can't do everything myself, and neither can you. That's why we need one another, so that we can be dependent on one another and do what God desires for us to do as a church. The church is healthier when, when you serve because you bring something to the table that no one else can do. 
And at the same time, the negative is true. The opposite is true. The church suffers when you don't use those gifts that God has blessed you with. We're all in this together when, and we need each other to be the best church, the healthiest church, the most faithful church that, God, that we can possibly be so that we can bring glory and honor to God together. So once again, looking back at 1 Peter chapter 4, he says that, that each of us have been given gifts and we're called to use whatever gifts we've received in order to serve others. The key to understanding what it means to be a good steward of our talents is this. It's not about you. right? It's not about me. It's not about what we can do. It's about what we can do in order to serve others. Spiritual gifts are given so that we may love God and love our neighbor better. We already read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that, that the manifestations of the Spirit are given for the common good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul kind of expands on what that means. He says, What shall we say then, brothers and sisters? When we come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. In other words, he's talking about spiritual gifts here. He's talking about the gifts that each one of us have been given. And then he goes on to say, Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. See, we're called to serve each other. We're called to, to serve the church with the gifts and talents that God has given us. And we're called to do it not with our own interests in mind or to do so selfishly, but to point people to Christ. Probably one of the most common verses that I've quoted recently uh, in my sermons is Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, where Jesus tells us that we are to be the light of the world. Right? We are called to let our light shine, not so that we draw attention to ourselves, but so that people may see our good deeds and, and do what? glorify our father who is in heaven, right? That's why God gives us our spiritual gifts. That's why he calls us to serve, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to point to, to love others and ultimately point them to Christ. We're called to serve others as faithful stewards. And here's that word again, stewardship. We're called to use our talents, our gifts, our abilities to glorify God and to honor him. Faithful stewards are always about their master's business. Their concern is not for themselves, but to, to be wise managers of those resources that their master has entrusted them with. And so really what Peter is getting at here is our motivation. Why do we do what we do? Why do we serve God? Why do we serve his church? Our motivation ultimately is about our love of God and our love of neighbor. It goes right back to the, the greatest commandment that Jesus gives us. And right after talking about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, Paul says we can have all these wonderful gifts. We can, have, we can be the most talented person in the entire world. But if we don't do what we do out of our love for God and love for others, it's pointless. We can have the best programs at this church. We can have the best ministries. We can have the best Sunday school, the best music, whatever we want to put out there. We can, we can do it with the most talented people in the world. But if we're not doing it out of our love for God and our love for other people... It's ultimately pointless in the end. 
See, it's about our love that it's the, our love for God and our love for others that ultimately brings purpose and brings meaning to ministry and what God calls us to do. So we're called to be faithful stewards of, of the gifts that God has given us, as Peter says, then in its various forms. Once again, t- there are many gifts, but only one God who gives them. God equips us in different ways, but for the same purpose, ultimately to build up his church. Gifts are really just tools for ministry, tools that God provides that are meant to point people to Christ. Right? There's many ways that we can, we can come up with to, to think about gifts and talents and abilities, spiritual gifts, um, and there's many different attempts that people have made in the past to kind of categorize them. But Peter here says they really just fall into two categories, those that are used to speak and those that are used to serve. In other words, there are those that are gifts that are used for the proclamation of the gospel, those that are used to spread the word of God in, in the church and outside the church. There are certain gifts that fall into that category, and then there's others that are used simply to serve those around us, those that are used to, for the benefit and the good of others. In other words, to love our neighbor. I think this way of thinking about it is helpful because it doesn't emphasize one sort of gift over the other, but both are important. The, the, the importance of, <coughs> excuse me, both are important because they uh, are embodied by that greatest commandment to love God, to spread his word, to point people to Christ and to glorify him, and then to love others through serve, acts of service. And the important thing Peter says here, whether we're speaking to proclaim the gospel, whether we're using our gifts to serve others and be a benefit to them, we need to not do it in our own strength and relying on our own skill and knowledge, but to be completely dependent on God's power through his Holy Spirit. And there's no greater model of this than Jesus himself, right? He depended on the Father and the Holy Spirit throughout his earthly ministry. In John 14, 49 through 50, Jesus himself said, I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I've spoken. I have that this, I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Again, demonstrating Jesus' complete and total obedience and dependence on the Father throughout his earthly ministry. But he was also dependent on the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, at the very beginning of his ministry, after his baptism and his temptation in the wilderness, it says that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Again, it was, it was the Spirit's presence in Jesus' life that, that equipped and enabled him to do what he was called to do. Now, if Jesus, the very Son of God, God in the flesh, was dependent on, on His Father and dependent on the Holy Spirit for ministry, how much more so do we need to rely on Him and work out of His power and not our own? Jesus modeled for us what dependence on the Father and through the Holy Spirit looked like. And so when we depend on, depend on Him in this way, we will be filled with confidence and boldness ourselves. And those things are important. Boldness is about our willingness to speak and to serve, no matter the consequences of the action. In Acts 4, we get a, a, a scene of, of the believers gathered in the upper room and praying, and they pray for boldness, and it says that the Spirit came upon them, and they were able to go forth and speak boldly, not because of themselves, but because of the Spirit's presence in their lives. And confidence, the knowledge that that is the Holy Spirit who works through us, and being dependent on Him and not ourselves. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4-5 through five says, 
such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Again, complete and total dependence on, and confidence in Him. And finally, this, this section, the, at the end of verse 11, he says that we do these things so that we may bring glory and praise to God. Spiritual gifts are not given for our own benefit, but so that God would be glorified in and through the outworking of those gifts. A healthy, faithful church brings glory to God. And God is glorified when we look beyond ourselves, fully dependent on His presence and His power to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. As the psalmist says in Psalm 115.1, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to Your name be glory because of Your love and Your faithfulness. So the question I, wanna, I want us to close with is what do we do then? If this is what our talents are, if, these are, if this is what spiritual gifts are all about, what are we supposed to do in response to them? We've talked a lot about using them to build up the church, to love God, to love our neighbor. But some of you may be sitting here asking, well, how can I know what my spiritual gifts are, right? How can I know this for myself? Well, there's a few different ways that we can go about learning what our spiritual gifts are, and some of them are pretty practical, For example, we know that the gifts were given to build up the church, and so we can look around ourselves and ask, what needs and opportunities are available around me? And what gifts are needed to build up the church at that point? In other words, where is there a need, and how can I best fill that need? How can I step in and and serve God and serve others where, where there is a known and obvious need around us? Another example, another thing to do is, is examine yourself. What are your interests? What are your desires? What are your natural abilities? And how can I use those things to bring glory to God and to build up His church? How can I use how God uniquely created me to love others and to bring honor and glory to Him? Of course, you can pray about it. Maybe I should have put that first, but of course we can, we can pray and ask God to reveal that to us. In James 1 through 5 through 6, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So we can pray and ask God to give us wisdom about how we have been gifted. Ask God to show us, reveal that to us, so that we can then use, put those gifts to use. And as I said before, we need to put them into practice. Sometimes the best way to find out how we've been gifted is simply to, to find an opportunity to, and to serve and to see, how, see what happens, see how God blesses that moment. Find opportunities and, and then go out and test the water. We cannot know if something, you cannot know if something is your gift if you don't first try it out. So take an opportunity, volunteer to teach Sunday school, Serve at wonderful Wednesdays. Reach out to people in the community that you know are in need and ask how you can be of help to them. Ask friends for specific prayer requests and commit to pray for them and see how God uses your prayers as a blessing. See, we are, as Paul says, we are the body of Christ. Right? We've been called together to serve Him and we are all, you know, we are all the different parts of the body. Right, with how God has uniquely created and gifted us. And we are all dependent on one another. And in closing, I want you to think about this analogy. Our, the spiritual gifts, these talents, these abilities that he's given us are like the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments that connect us all together. 
And it's those gifts that give strength to the body of Christ. But as we know, like any muscles that are, are left dormant, that aren't used, they can atrophy, right? They can wither away. And that's unfortunately what happens to us as the body of Christ, happens to us as individuals, but also as the body of Christ is, is we, we don't use the gifts, right? We don't use how God has gifted us to bring glory to him and to love others. And those gifts wither away. Paul tells Timothy in his, le- in, in his first letter to him to not neglect your gift, to not, not neglect it, not sit it on the shelf and forget about it. But he desires for us to use our gifts, use how he has uniquely created us to be a blessing to him, to God, of course, but also to others. Finally, I want to encourage you to seek the greater gifts, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. There's a lot of question about what the greater, what Paul meant when he said the greater gifts. How do we, how do we seek those things? Well, if we believe what we've talked about here today, that that spiritual gifts are meant to glorify God and to to be a blessing to others and to build up His church, then the greater gifts are those things that do just that, that bring glory to God, that can be a, a that can build up His church. And so we pray that God gives you the gifts. Excuse me. Pray that God gifts you and others in a way that can be a blessing to First Church as well as the the larger global body of Christ and to do so with the right motives, to build up the church, to glorify God and not ourselves and be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have gifted us. You have enabled us to to serve and to love you uh, through the way you've uniquely created and gifted us. And I ask now that you would help us to uh, serve you, um, not for our own benefit, but so that we may point people ultimately to your glory and your goodness. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I encourage you as we close to stand and sing the first two verses of Be Thou My Vision, number 382 in your blue hymnals. of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You may go in peace.